lots of snow that it rains on the just and the unjust. Simply said that it doesn't matter whether you're a claim to be a Christian or you don't claim to be a Christian. You cannot avoid trouble. Trouble will come your way. The sure sign that you're going to deal with trouble is that you are humanity. Every human cannot avoid trouble. Job said it well when he said that our lives are a few days and what? Full of trouble. That is what we deal with. And the Texas is fixing to, to minister to us today and I just thought of him. Uh, him fixing to preach made that verse kind of come to me as we are definitely no stranger to the fact that just um, a few a few short weeks ago that his mom and sister both was killed in a car accident. And his statement immediately after that was, uh, this is a paraphrasing exactly like he said it, but basically that the grieving process and stuff is meant to make you grow. Trouble that comes to our life is meant to help us. We don't always like that, but that's the truth. And um, Brother Texas is not perfect by no means, but he has responded very well. Um, I don't say very well, but he has responded in the right direction with the tragedy that has struck his life. And he has endeavored to try to get closer to the Lord and draw closer to God and do more for God. And I commend you for that. A 21-year-old should not have to go through what you went through. But you're not alone. There's others that has went through even worse. So and I commend you with that. But um, I love him. I'm very proud of him. I'm very, very proud of what God is doing in his life. And uh, I believe he has a word for us today. So give him a good hand as he comes and minister the word today. Well, praise the Lord. Amen. Excited to be here on Sunday morning. Well, Sunday afternoon, technically. Got so used to saying Sunday morning, and you'd think by now, after doing this for probably over a year, I would be used to saying Sunday afternoon, but but I haven't got there yet. <laughs> so, amen. But I am excited to be here. I'm excited for my family to be here, my Aunt Stephanie, my cousins, and then some distant cousins. Amen. Sister Rita, I love you guys. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, well, without further ado, let's go ahead and prepare to go into the Word of the Lord in uh, the book of Isaiah. Amen. Good old Isaiah. I, I really like the book of Isaiah, and the more I learn about it and the more information about the prophet Isaiah is poured into my life, I begin to just really enjoy what I'm reading because I know most of what I'm reading involves prophecies of the coming Savior. And today, specifically the chapter 35 that you will be turning to talks about the prophecy of a coming Savior. How many believe that there is salvation for every single one of us in this room? Now... I know I got some hand claps, but I, my goal today is by the end of what I feel like the Lord has given me. Everyone in this room will not just answer that the same way they just did now, but maybe more people will begin to understand that God brought us 
salvation himself. And before I get started, I want to thank my pastor for his love for me, a life that he has helped me grow from uh, what I was many years ago, and I'm thankful for him and for my beautiful wife and the family that I married into and my beautiful son. Amen. I'm thankful for every single one of you that are here as well. And we're going to read Isaiah chapter 35, starting in verse 4. It's on the screen for you. And it says, Say to them that are of a fearful heart, Be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, even God with a recompense. Can somebody say recompense? He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap as an heart, and the tongue of the dumb sing. For in the wilderness shall waters break out, and streams in the desert. And the parched ground shall become a pool, and the thirsty land springs of water. In the habitation of dragons, where each lay shall be grass with reeds and rushes. And an highway shall be there, and a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those, the wayfaring men, though fools. Anybody know a fool? Amen. I've been considered a fool by some. Amen. I know what it feels like to be called a fool. Though fools shall not err therein. So before we get into this word today, let's ask the Lord one more time to open up our ears and open up our hearts to what He wants to say to us. Lord, I am so thankful, God, that, that, you, that you have given me a pastor that has confidence in enough me, Lord, to put me in a place where I can seek you for word, God. Lord, I thank You for this opportunity to be able to speak before these people. God, I ask, Lord, that You would use me, God. You would take my voice and speak the words that You would want to be spoken. God, that Your presence would be poured out and Your Spirit would be filled in this place. Lord, I thank You and I love You for all that You've done. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray, God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. And uh, today, while you're being seated, I'm going to preach to you, it's all in the name. Why don't you look at your neighbor and say, it's all in the name. name. Amen. To start today, I have a little bit of scenario that's going to require an imagination from each person in this room. Now, I don't know if your brain thinks like my brain thinks, but when I begin to imagine a scenario, it's more than just thoughts in my head, it becomes images that my brain begins to build in what I consider the blueprint room in my brain. And a lot of times this can go from many different variations of things that I want to see come into real world. And a lot of it's just imagination. But I have a scenario that I'm going to try to vividly build for each one of us today that we can imagine and grasp a hold of. So, uh, I don't know, put your imagination cap on or whatever you want to call it, but let's, let's just, just, just bear with me for a few moments today. So what if today, when you get home, there is a lawyer standing at your door, not clad in shining armor of a knight, but the clothes of a warrior in court. This lawyer in a business suit, smiling and waving at you excitedly as you pull 
into your driveway and slide your vehicle into park. The first thoughts for some of us would be, and I, I imagine for some, which rich uncle died that I did not know I had? When a lawyer is at my door smiling at me, the first thing I think is this is going to go in my favor. Maybe you turn to your family and begin to think about what you're going to do with all that money you're imagining that you're maybe about to receive. Maybe as you look and examine this lawyer even further, you notice that they have an envelope in their hand. And as you unload your family from your vehicle, you expectantly waltz ever so peppily towards what you have optimistically primed as an increase to your bank account. And uh, this is all just assuming, uh, you know, for maybe the miserable pessimist that is in the room today. But in this scenario, we are all optimistic. In this scenario, we're all, the glass is half full. This is the way I think all the time, okay? Uh, Almost to a fault at some times, but... With your hopes lifted and your dreams of a six digits in your bank account high, as you near this lawyer's countenance begins to change. The demeanor of your leprechaun at the end of the rainbow becomes similar to that time you got the I'm not mad, but I'm just disappointed talk. And the one who was to serve you with lush lush riches now hits you like the shower when you step in and the water hasn't warmed up yet. This envelope that has now been passed into your sweaty palms contains in the little peak window of the envelope in three big letters, N-D-A. And underneath those three big letters is the words described National Debt Agency scrawled in bold times New Roman font, which to your well now astonished eyes is like cross scratches on the paper from the demon that must have written it there. And your heart sinks, knowing that by some mystical drawing of straws, you are now the proud owner of of a six-figure debt purse on your name. But the lawyer dressed in courtroom battle-hardened armor, that is, the business suit they have on, says, we have a plan to make this go away. I know a guy who can take this debt and turn it into a nice, cool, absolute zero. And see, this is all imaginative today. I, anybody, did anybody feel some of that? Could you imagine pulling up to your house and then there's a lawyer there smiling and waving? And maybe for some of you, for me, my first thought is, I might be getting some money. And that's going to make me excited. But in this specific scenario, this lawyer, instead of handing you a nice fat check, hands you a nice fat bill of debt that you have somehow mystically, in this imagined world of mine, accumulated. Uh, exactly absolutely and while today this dream is from my imagination it's completely made up this story is similar for all of us let's turn back the time to the days of Isaiah who penned our text today Isaiah who was prophetically speaking of a savior for all humanity in Isaiah 35 and 4 it says say to them that are of a fearful heart be strong fear not behold your God will come with vengeance, even God with a recompense. He will come and save you. Isaiah says, this debt you have, God will come pay. Because in order for God to come to us with a recompense, there has to be something that He is paying for. Through the eyes of 
or one Dave Ramsey, I can see that many people in this room may have monetary debt. But through the eyes of God, the world owed a substantial amount of debt to sin. But Isaiah said he will come with a vengeance. And he will come with recompense. First of all, it says God would come. Not another. The king came himself. When I needed Jesus, he did not send someone else. And that sounds a little bit like a song today. He was Jehovah Jireh to Abraham. He was a provider of a sacrifice when he needed it most. He was Nisi to Moses, the God of victory, a banner in a time of war. He was Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals to the children of Israel. He did not change who he was to become these things for Israel. It says in Isaiah chapter 52, starting in verse 3, it says, For thus saith the Lord, Ye have sold yourselves for naught, and ye have, and ye shall be redeemed without money. For thus saith the Lord God, My people went down aforetime into Egypt to sojourn there, and the Assyrian oppressed them without cause. Now therefore, what have I here, saith the Lord, that my people is taken away for naught. They that rule over them to make them howl, saith the Lord, and my name continually every day is blasphemed. Listen, therefore my name shall, therefore my people shall know my name. Therefore they shall know in that day that I am he that doth speak. Behold, it is I. God said my people shall know my name. Isaiah was once again referring to that God that would come with vengeance. That God that would come with recompense. He was speaking of that child in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. Uh, the one that was to become, the, the one that was going to be the wonderful. That was going to be a counselor. That was going to be the mighty God. The everlasting Father and the Prince of Peace. That child that is the everlasting Father. The mighty God. That is the miracle in Mary's womb spoken of by the prophet. This child was Emmanuel, meaning God is with us. This child was to be called Jesus. Jesus being interpreted is Jehovah's salvation, meaning God has come, has become salvation. The debt of sin you have in your life, the debt of sin in my life was paid for by one single person, Jesus, who was both fully God and fully man. No, He did not lose His power to become human. No, He did not lose the nature of His omnipotence presence uh, to take up the figure of the flesh of a man. He was still feeling all of space and time. Uh, God is a spirit uh, that took the form of flesh uh, to do what flesh does. Uh, he came to die, but not just to be buried, uh, not just to live another human life uh, for nothing. Uh, he focused his presence uh, in one time in space, uh, however many years ago, uh, to be flesh just like you and me. Uh, not just to be buried, not just to die, not just to be tempted in all manner like you and I can be tempted. He did it all himself. It was his plan from the very beginning to be slain as a lamb from the foundation of the world for our sins. No one could stop sin like Jesus. Oxen and rams and sheep, these sacrifices on the altar, the blood from these animals could no longer fulfill the death of sin humanity was beginning to toll up 
God said, I must go as the lamb led to slaughter. Janet's got to be saved. God said, so I've got to die. Stephanie's got to be saved. God said, I have got to die. Brother Jimmy has got to be saved. So God is saying that I have got to die. The attic must be saved. So I've got to die. The corrupted must be uncorrupted. The liar must be forgiven. And sin must be purged. Our sin stained the purity that was Jesus Christ with His blood for our sin. But He did it willingly. The sins that we do freely commit crucified the only person who was willing to die for those sins. And now today, I'm not preaching condemnation towards our sin. I'm just hopefully just someone preaching God's mission from the beginning of time. If you feel convicted today, it's the Spirit of God that is trying to penetrate and break down barriers that we have built in our lives. Church, it's all in the name. Every whip Jesus withstood, every pained breath and blood-filled cough, He saw you. And He said, I know that in their times of trouble, they're going to need someone to call on. He looked down from all those years ago and said on August 2nd, Texas Young is going to need a God that he can call on in the hardest moment of his life. So when you lose family members, when you lose your job, when your power, when your electricity gets turned off, when you hear a doctor tell you you've got an uncurable disease, when you're in the hospital for two to three weeks and it doesn't look right, when you, get, when you contract a, a disease that they don't have a cure for yet, you are going to need a God that you can call on. God said they are going to need a name that they can speak. They're going to need a name that can be spoken in all languages. They are going to be a name that they are going to need a name that can be translated as the same thing over and over again. When their family lets them down, when their fathers leave, when their mothers leave, when people die, when they get addicted, when they make bad decisions, God said, I have got to go. I have got to become flesh and do this perfect. And I've got to die so that they can have a name that they can call on. I will give them a name that makes darkness tremble, that makes demons flee. I will give them a name that combats depression, that wars against anxiety, that makes the enemy flee, that makes them run for the hills. I have got to show them that I am still Jehovah Jireh, that I am still Jehovah Nisi, that I am still Jehovah Rapha, that I am still that I am, that I am still Elohim, and I am still El Shaddai, that I am Emmanuel, and you can call on me by saying, Jesus, you can get my presence by saying, Jesus, you can have sickness healed by saying, Jesus, they are going to need to know that I can do what I did for Moses in 2021. They are going to need to know that I can do what I did for Abraham in 2021. 
He's still Jehovah. He is still God. He is still one. And His name is Jesus. You can speak Jesus when it hurts. You can speak Jesus when you're unsure about life. The homosexual can speak Jesus and be healed. The addict can speak Jesus and be delivered. The debt-ridden can speak Jesus and be blessed. The hurting can speak Jesus and be whole. The sick can speak Jesus and experience miracles. Jesus came with recompense. He paid the debt that could not be paid by you and me. Say to them that overfill their heart, be strong and fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance. Even God with a recompense, He will come and save you. The eyes of the blind shall be opened. The ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then shall the lame leap as a heart, and the tongue of the dumb shall sing. For in the wilderness shall waters break out and streams in the desert. Jesus did not just stop at salvation. He said, once I've paid it all, when I come with the payment, with the recompense, the blind are going to see. The deaf are going to hear. The lame are going to leap. In the wilderness, the waters are going to break out. There will be streams in the desert, in the dry places, in the places they say there can't be apostolic churches. In Marion, Kentucky, there is going to flow rivers of living water. The Hackney family is going to have living water flowing in their homes. The young lineage is going to change. The lineage is in this room are going to change. The milk and lineage is going to change. There is going to be rivers of living water flowing out of places that the world thought were dry. You see, Jesus was the well. He was a spring in the desert. In a time where humanity needed God the most, He was there. He became a well. He became a river. He brought life into dry places. Some of you, this world has been trying to count you out. It's been reading you over and over again reasons why you should not be alive. It's been reading you over and over again reasons that you should be dead today. It has been counting you out since you were born. You have felt like the odd one out uh, ever since you come into this world. Sometimes we don't feel wanted. Sometimes we, we don't feel like people appreciate us. Sometimes we feel mistreated. Sometimes we are mistreated. Sometimes we are abused. Sometimes people do leave. Sometimes people do die. And we do experience hurt. But God is saying in those moments where it seems like it is dry, I'm not only coming to pay your debt of sin, but I'm not leaving you dry in these places where there's not been living forever how long. I am going to bring water into the these streams. I'm going to bring water into the desert. Crinton County High School is going to be overturned. There's a congregation 
of an apostolic church that is going to turn the world upside down. I, I'm going to interrupt somebody's way of thinking today. God can use you while you're struggling. Now, I, you know, I'm not... I, I'm just here to say that again. God can use you while you are struggling. Amen. The need for willing souls is greater than the need to be perfect. God is not looking for perfect people. He is looking for some people who know they got some troubles. Who know that they got some dirt that they're swept under a rug somewhere. Who know that they've got addictions that they can't beat right now who know that they've got some things in their life they need taken care of. God is looking at this generation and saying, my need for revival in this world is greater than your need to be perfect. You may feel like you've got to get it all right, but if you just come to me, it's going to be all right. Sure, you've got to get that sin out of your life, but first, you've got to do the Great Commission. We've got to deliver this gospel before time runs out. Yeah, we've got standards, uh, and we need to follow them. Uh, but if you're not living perfect, uh, God can still use you. We've got to get rid of our sin, but your sin does not disqualify the grace of God. Because in the name is the power to forgive sins. In the name lies the God of the whole universe. And that name is Jesus. When we call on that name, we are calling on the God who is the beginning and the ending. When we call on the name Jesus, I, I imagine it like a giant funnel is opened up above us. And that omnipot- omnipotent omnipresence uh, uh, that is God, the Spirit that is God begins to flow into that funnel when we speak the name of Jesus. I'll tell somebody that there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. It doesn't matter how long it's been since you repented because God still has mercy. It doesn't matter how long it's been since you prayed through because you can today. If you need a miracle, you can have it today. If you need to repent, you can repent right now. If you need the Holy Ghost, God can fill you right now. I I just feel like coming and telling somebody we are underestimating the power in the name of Jesus Christ. He is a single God who created everything that you and I look at, see, hear, and feel today. And He did not stop there at creation. He gave us a way for redemption. And that was the plan of salvation. And He didn't send somebody else to do it. He did it Himself. Because He loves us that much. Because He knew that there was no one that could do it like He could. He knew that there was no one that could atone for the sins, for the debt that we have, like Jesus did. And I'm telling you today, there is no one that could perfectly position us in this place like we are today for salvation than anybody else. Jesus has called us all here in this room today for a reason. And that is because He believes in us. He wants to see us filled with the Spirit. And He wants to use us. 
And you may feel like that cannot be you because you've got problems, but God has got grace. You may feel like that's not you because you've made a bunch of mistakes, but God still has mercy. God still has mercy. And that's not an excuse. That is not an excuse for us to go sin. But it is a way for God to still fulfill His plan through us when we are still struggling. Amen. We have all been in a place of struggling. Whatever it may be for you today, God can use you beyond it and you can leave that place you're in and go beyond what God would have you go to. Amen. Let's lift our hands right now. Everybody stand right now. Lord, we love You, Jesus. Come on, somebody pray right now. I don't care if you've never said the name of Jesus your entire life. I don't care if you were sinning this morning. Why don't you just speak the name of Jesus right now? It's going to open up like a funnel over this place. And God's presence is going to make a visitation to Marion, Kentucky right now. Somebody, I wish that they would begin to call on the name of Jesus like their life depends on it. I wish you'd call on the name of Jesus like you can't breathe without Him. Jesus, hallelujah, have your way, God. We love you, Jesus. That's what we truly need. Yes, we need beautifully penned sermons. Yes, we sometimes need stories that can move us to a crying altar. But sometimes we just need to remember that that cross was not made up. That calorie was not fake. And the blood that God shed was real. And that you are qualified today because he did it. Because he died for you. You don't have to worry about what sins you have in your life because he can forgive you. Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. God wants to do something in somebody's life today, but I feel like some people in this room have already counted themselves out. You said, yeah, I know what it's like to to be in church and to watch people dance and shout in the Spirit. I know what it's like to be in church, to see people get healed and have miracle stories, but I just can't do that. I I just can't get there. I just can't get to that place. But God is saying, if you would just begin to understand that I qualified you on Calvary, that you can make it. You can step in because of Jesus. Because you have that name. That name is recompense. That name is the vengeance for sin. And he has given it to us today. Jesus wants to bless somebody in this place. But for too long we have let life build on top of wreckage. We have tried to rebuild on top of wreckage for too long. And that's why we need repentance in our life. Because wreckage sweeps away that rubble. Wreckage wreckage sweeps away all that brokenness. It sweeps away all that stuff that we're trying to build upon. It gives us a new foundation. We all need repentance. We all need uh, uh, to, to say to God that we are sorry for what we have done and realize that beyond this thing of repentance, there is a place that we can go to where God can use us. We have to understand uh, that when we repent, God does no longer 
see our sins. It, it actually, it, it, it's quite sad because God forgives us when we repent, but we can't forgive ourselves. We can't, we can't forget that we did that. We can't forget that we allowed ourselves to do that. And it stops us from continuing in this process. You see that? It talks about in Isaiah 35, the wayfaring man. You remember that? What we read in the beginning? The way of holiness, the unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those, the wayfaring man, those fools. Yeah, I've, I've screwed up. I've, I've done some stupid stuff. I may have done something stupid this morning. I may have done something stupid last week that I can't forget about. Yeah, I'm a fool. But wayfaring men, that are, those are people that are on a journey. Yes, amen. We are all on a journey. Not a journey that gives us an excuse to sin, but it gives us a reason for God to use us beyond that sin. Amen. We are wayfaring. We are trying to get somewhere that this world did not birth us into. Some of us are building apostolic lineage from the ground up. Some of us before this did not come into a family that knew Jesus' name baptism and that did not know what the Holy Ghost was. God has grace for us because all of us at some point are on a journey and we have been fools. And it says we shall not err therein. We have got to be specific about what we're going to do with God because you're not just going to mistakenly self-find yourself getting there. You're not going to err there, and you're not just going to make, you're not just going to mistake your way into the kingdom of heaven. We have got to have a made up mind. A made up mind that says, no, how long, no matter how long this journey takes, I am going to do it, and I'm going to get where God wants me to go. And, church, that starts with repentance today. And if you have not been baptized in Jesus' name, that starts after repentance with a baptism in Jesus' name. And if it's been years since you have been baptized, why would you not get rebaptized if you feel that's what you do must do to be saved? If, if you've got to do that for yourself, then I believe you should do it. You should not let nobody hinder you from doing that. And I believe any of you, even if you spoke in tongues this morning, if today you would seek for the Holy Ghost again, just imagine what miracles God could do in your life and in your family. It doesn't matter how long it's been since you've prayed through because you can do it today. Sin or sin does not disqualify the grace of God. God can still use us beyond our sin. It's not an excuse to sin, but it's a reason to keep going knowing that God can forgive us and we can get beyond it and do something greater. God paid your sin debt that you could not pay. And He is looking for people today that will stand up and give their life back to them. We can't atone for what He paid for, but we can give our lives. We can give ourselves on the altar. We can give ourselves in baptism. We can give ourselves to God to let Him put His Spirit inside of us and do something through us. So I ask you today, what's stopping us from finding an altar of repentance? 
what's stopping us from finding an altar of repentance and then deciding to be baptized in Jesus' name? If you need reason to be baptized in Jesus' name today, I'll tell you, you cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven unless you have been baptized in Jesus' name. It says that in John chapter 3. If you've got questions about it, we'd love to give you a Bible study. You've got to be baptized. And if you've been baptized before and you've got to do it again to be saved, then get baptized. You've got to be filled with the Holy Ghost in order to go into the kingdom of heaven. If you want to get refilled with the Holy Ghost today, we would love to pray for you to be filled with the Holy Ghost today. But I believe right now that we need to all find a place and say, God, I have made a mistake. I've made mistakes. I have been a fool. God, but I'm ready to take this step onto this journey that you have called me to go on. God, I am ready to use your name, the name of Jesus that you have given me to combat this thing in my life, to combat this thing that is attacking me. God, I need you and I love you. Somebody pray that today. Somebody pray in that manner today. Somebody repent. Somebody say, God, forgive me. Lord, I'm sorry for everything that I have done. Lord, I I know I'm struggling with this, God. But Lord, in Jesus' name right now, I, I declare that I'm moving beyond it. I declare that I'm moving away from it. I'm not turning back towards it. But if I mess up, if I make a mistake, God, I know, I know that you still love me. And I'll continue to go on and move on with this ministry. Move on with this calling. There are callings in this room that God is is wanting for us to answer. But we feel like our sin disqualifies us. And it's not true. Because God has enough mercy. God has enough grace. So today, cry out to Him in Jesus' name. Cry out to Him in Jesus' name.